Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the 2020 Visionaries podcast, where we are upsetting the playing field. I am your host for today's episode, Angela, and I'm joined in the virtual studio with Tayo. Today's episode is all about Pato's paradox, the contradiction of whales and them not exactly getting cancer. But for this to make more sense and for you to understand why it's relevant to this podcast, we're going to need to cover just a few basics. To begin with, cancer is when cells rapidly divide, uncontrolled. This could be caused by a mutation or a gene that suppresses tumours, or be due to a variety of other factors. You'll hear about those in the cancer episode. Just know, for now, that cancer is essentially random. Cells are the building blocks of all organisms, and regardless of whether you are giant like an elephant or tiny like an ant, all organism cells are the exact same size. The difference is the number of cells in their body. So considering the fact that cancer is indeed random, you would think, in theory, larger animals should get cancer more often because there's a higher chance because there's more cells so something can go wrong more easily however this is not usually the case one thing to keep in mind is that not every scientist agrees with this theory as you'd expect i mean a few people still believe that the earth is flat so when i tell you that some genuinely believe large animals like whales get cancer too you shouldn't really be surprised they don't believe that it's as noticeable because a 4 gram tumour is a tiny percentage of a whale's overall body mass, which is roughly 100,000 kilograms, where it's a huge 20% of a mouse's 20 gram body weight. Now you can see how a 4 gram tumour might not be as prominent in a whale. There are two proposed reasons as to why whales don't get cancer. The first being evolution, and that they develop better cancer suppressor genes, which are genes that stop you from getting cancer, and mechanisms than us humans. And the second theory is hypertumors. A hypertumor is essentially when one selfish cancer cell suddenly believes it's solo and not part of a tumor. It mutates the audacity. So it stops being responsive, it stops cooperating, and it starts acting like a new tumor. The lump of cancer basically gets cancer, which is terrifying, but it's genius. Because cancer is selfish, it starves the original tumor of a blood supply and therefore nutrients. This process repeats before any tumour can be big enough to cause a whale any sort of harm. The other theory is that whales are just better adapted to fighting cancer than us. Not necessarily because they evolved before us, but due to their size. Fighting cancer takes a lot of energy, and as a small animal like a hedgehog or a human, this is a large proportion of your overall energy that your body produces. This energy could be used with something more productive, like reproducing. A lot of this comes back to the earlier statement that a four gram tumour is a greater percentage of a small creature's mass. It makes more sense for us to evolve to produce better than to fight cancer better. But in whales, fighting cancer doesn't take much effort for them, so I guess it makes sense. This is all super intriguing, but we need to consider its actual medical relevance. So Pato's paradox and lots of other natural phenomena are interesting to us because of their potential future applications and the things they can teach us. Though in the case of Plato's paradox, we haven't actually agreed on a genuine link yet. In many other cases, like CRISPR technology, which is based on the immune system of bacteria, 
curiosity led to a new discovery. And though CRISPR and many other new technologies are developing, realistically, they won't be introduced in the mainstream healthcare system for at least a few decades. Scientists and medics need to make decisions on what to invest in that will actually lead to an outcome. And this is often where we see a divide. As a scientist, all of this seems promising and exciting. But as a medic, you would rather see actual results that are more tangible as you have actual patients to treat right now. I had a call with an oncologist when I was preparing for this episode, and this was pretty much his stance too. Research is great, but unless I can use it on my patients or see how I can use it for my patients, it really isn't my priority. I guess it is a difficult balance that you need to reach. I can imagine that dead ends that you meet in research make you feel investing in the wrong thing. Exactly. I love reading up on new tech, but an idea or a concept is A, hard to translate to medicine, but also B, time consuming to develop, plus it's money intensive too. Drug testing is a long process. Once you've found a drug that may potentially work, you still have preclinical trials where it's tested in computer simulations or in a culture of cells. To help paint the picture, keep in mind only five of every 5,000 drugs that make it to the stage will make it to human testing. But just before human testing, there is stage two, animal trials. Each stage has an aim. Stage one is just to figure out what may potentially, potentially work. And stage two aims to see potential side effects. All of this becomes more complex when you realize isotopes, different versions of positive drugs can actually be toxic. You see this lots in drugs where one version is useful and the other causes, for example, liver damage or worse. And what about stage three? Even then, if it makes it to stage three, small group human trials, it may not be approved or pass the test and then be ready for stage four. That's just as long too. This is when it's used in double blind trials, for example, and it may be proven ineffective after millions of dollars, pounds, euros, and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of hours invested. This sounds so stressful. The message we're trying to convey is that even when we do find fascinating links between natural phenomena and potential human treatments, it still takes such a long time to test and develop these theories to turn them into actual medicine that can actually help people. For real. This has been a short, yet sweet and insightful episode. And it's actually been so much fun doing all of this research. I can't lie. I agree. My favourite part of the episode is actually the hypergym part because it's a bit ironic that cancer gets cancer. What about you? I like the fact that drug testing is so thorough because at GCSE I did the history of medicine and I saw historically it's not always been that way. It's been more of a risk it for a biscuit mentality. (laughs) And I guess it's great to see some progress. (laughs) definitely what about you guys at home tell us your favorite part of today's episode by sliding into our ig dms no sugar daddy's welcome you can find (laughs) us at the 2020 visionaries podcast 2020 as in the numbers and to request an episode topic (laughs) why does that sound so whatever (laughs) you can email us (laughs) at 2020 visionaries podcast at gmail.com Maybe request an episode on CRISPR because I don't even know what that is. With that said, I guess the final thing that's left to say from us is... (laughs) Bye! See you later!